Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, the theme of the night was indulgences, and Jake Hull shared a story about concerts and waterfalls. Just listen, it'll make sense. So uh, the story I'm going to tell, I have to clear a few things out. It's not the story of the highest I've ever been. The highest I've ever been was in high school. My friends and I accidentally did opium out of a coat hanger that we had turned into a bong called James Bong Jr. There wasn't ever a, a James Bong Sr. I don't know why it was James Bong Jr., but that was the bong. This story is also not about the craziest high I've ever had. That was a time in college when I snorted DMT accidentally, and I talked to a dragon straight up. Uh, we talked in his native language, Dragonese, and I danced in my bedroom with a fitness ball for about 20 minutes. And so those of you who've never done DMT, uh, it wears off really quickly. It's kind of, for 20 minutes, you're the highest you've ever been, and then immediately you realize that you've been dancing in your bedroom with a fitness ball, speaking in a made-up language. Um, this story is the story about the time I got too high before my debut as a classical musician. Um, so I, I feel like it is good to provide a, an, an amount of context for this story. Um, there's a lot of drugs that I have done in the past. It has been a long time since I've done those drugs, um, but I have done many handfuls of mushrooms, and my roommate and I in college essentially kept the Pizone a viable thing for Pizza Hut. Do you guys remember the Pizone? Does anyone remember the Pizone? Yeah, it was like this greasy calzone that was disgusting, but when you're really high, it's amazing. It's kind of a, re a revelation in semicircle form. Um, it is. It's really good. Um, so I guess let's just jump in. So uh, the night of December 6th, 2003, um, I'm a classical musician. I'm a classical guitar major. Uh, I went to CNU in Newport News, Christopher Newport University, and I played in the guitar orchestra, which if you guys don't know about guitar orchestras, in the classical music world, the guitar orchestra is kind of like James Dean shirtless on a motorcycle, shooting sunglasses and cheeseburgers at homeless kids. It's like the coolest thing to be a classical guitar player in the classical music scene. In reality, a classical guitar orchestra is more like James Franco paying someone to watch him eat a veggie dog. It's like, not that cool. It should be cooler, but it's not. Uh, but that's James Franco, y'all. Um, so it's the end of the semester. It's my first semester in college. Uh, this, the CNE Music Department puts on an event called Holiday Happenings. So this is where they invite everybody from the community to come. Uh, it's a big, big hall, Gaines Theater. Uh, that theater's no longer around on CNU's campus. It was replaced by something fancier but it fit about 1,200 people. So every December, they invite 1,200 people from the community to come to this gala where all the ensembles, all the orchestras, all the singers, all the chorale groups, all the musicians play holiday music for about two hours. Um, so considering that this is a performance in a music program, this was a huge part of my grade. So this performance that I was getting ready for is about 30% of my performance grade as a classical musician. So it's kind of a big deal. I'm getting ready in my dorm room. Uh, I just bought my first dress shirt from uh, Value City. It was a black dress shirt that did not fit well, so I'm buttoning it up, I'm getting ready. I have about five minutes until call, so I have to be backstage in the green room with the rest of the guitar orchestra in about five minutes. 
It's at this point that my roommate, my sweet mate, and a guy whose name was Cheese roll into my, apart, uh, my dorm room, and they're like, hey, Jake, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting ready for this performance. It's the end of the semester, classes are over, there's nothing else to do except for me as a music major, play this concert. They're done with classes. They were done with classes the first day of college. They, they have been high since September, right? So they roll in. They're like, Jake, what are you doing? And I say, I'm getting ready for this performance. So then they say, do you want to get high? So two things cross my mind at this point. One is, I've got five minutes to get to this event. The second is, sort of this inner voice of my older brother, who in high school, he taught me how to drink. He, he taught me how to drink by pouring uh, aristocrat, filling up a shot glass with aristocrat and saying, just drink it, just drink the whole thing. Um, so his voice is kind of in my head, and I'm thinking, what would my brother, who at this point was sort of my idol in all of my debaucherous things, he was, he was the guy I looked up to, I didn't want to let him down, and I thought, well, what would he say? And he would say, um, the, the line he would always say, we'd go to KFC, and he would walk up to the front cash, like, to the, you know, whatever, the front place, and he would say, hook it up fat, and hook it up fat was like a code for give us more french fries. And it works. If you go to a KFC and you get potato wedges, just say, hook it up fat. They're going to hook it up. So in my head, my brother is telling me, hook it up fat. And I'm saying, all right, I need to smoke. And then the, the other thing I'm thinking is it's the end of the semester. I've done fairly well. Like, not great, but I did pretty well. Um, I deserve this. You know, like, I deserve this. This is my time. And so, <laughs> so essentially, I look in the mirror and I kind of have my own... Uh, moment where I think my watch has ended and, I, and I'm like I'm done you know like it's time so I walk over and we get high now uh, up until this point the only kind of high that we've been is joints blunts the occasional gravity bong my friends were like we're not doing a gravity bong we're smoking out of a waterfall raise, a, raise your hands have you guys smoked out of a waterfall before that's what's up alright um so basically, if I can indulge in a moment with a Bill Nye moment, take a one-liter water bottle, cut a small hole in the bottom. Uh, obviously, at this point, you've drained the liquid. Um, and really, this is less a smoking apparatus and more of a high-level cognitive team-building exercise because <laughs> it requires an amount of architectural knowledge and ability. So you cut a hole in the bottom. Um, you, f you fit a cap on the top that you've already kind of burnt a little metal bowl into, fill it with the dank nugs, and then you <laughs> basically fill the bottle. That's what they're called. That's what everyone calls them, right? Nug bombs, the dank Scooby snacks. That's, what, that's the street team. All right, so you fill the water bottle with water, put the cap on, light it, and then you take your thumb off the little hole that you've built. So as the water falls... The smoke fills the chamber in glorious fashion. So I'm thinking, all right, I've got to go. My friends give me the honor of first hit. So I take it. What I wish I had done was like take it like a badass and just like. But it wasn't like that. It was a little bit more like. like the kind of coughing where you feel like you're about to shit your spine out of your body <laughs> and your lungs are climbing out of your throat. It was that kind of like paralytic, terrible coughing, which also, keep in mind, we're in the dorm room of university where this is not allowed. This is something that could get us expelled immediately. None of this was a good idea. 
I gotta go, right? I gotta go to this concert. So I grab my guitar, I'm done, ahead. All right, so the two things I didn't do when I left my dorm room were check where the concert was and grab a bottle of Visine because y'all know, y'all know about Visine, right? All right, so I'm running, running across campus. In my head, it kind of looks like this. In reality, it was just like, like I was kind of walking, like not that fast. So as I'm, it's nighttime, I'm going through campus. It was sort of like I stopped to catch my breath for a moment and realized I'd kind of ascended. I'd reached a new level of high. You know, there's like different categories of high. This level was Gandalf the Grey, right? So this level was as I'm standing around, I'm thinking, I have no memory of this place. You know, like, I'm like, fuck, it's over, right? It's over. Everything's over. And then, of course, next to me is a, like a sign. It's like, hammered into the ground that says holiday happenings this way. So I'm like, oh, I did it, y'all. I fucking made it to the show. So I head over to the theater, which is right there. Um, and at this point, I'm kind of celebrating. You know, it's like a dun, 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 dun kind of moment where I'm like, I did it. I made it. But then I realize, oh, okay, this has been a span of maybe two minutes that all of this has happened, and I've accomplished absolutely nothing other than get to the show not late, right? Uh, so, okay, now I have to go into the auditorium. I have to go backstage. Um, what I thought it was going to look like is kind of like... And I would just kind of like super cool walk into the room. Y'all, that's not what happened. <laughs> because 60, 60 faces turned around immediately. I see you, Frodo Baggins. You know, like they saw me, they saw my heart, and it was over. Not only did everyone look at me, but at that moment, the director of the music department, Dr. Reimer, was giving his like empowering speech to all these college musicians of, these people paid a lot of money, and if you fuck this up, I'm gonna be mad at you, so you guys don't mess this up. That was the moment that I kind of walked in. And uh, so everyone's looking at me, I just kind of melt down the stairs over to the other guitar players who I knew I could trust, right? These guitar players, they were always high. I knew they were always high, because they had dreads. <laughs> I knew it, y'all. 18-year-old Jake knew the truth. I had figured it out. But, um, to be fair, they were always high. It wasn't just me assuming that. They were always high. Really great musicians, though. Incredible guys. Anyway, I want to offer a little bit of context to that moment with Dr. Reimer. Uh, so this guy, he kind of was the biggest mentor and guiding force in my career as a musician. Um, and a lot of this story ultimately leads to how I became the musician I am today. Um, so I went to, to CNU to study Latin, actually, foreign languages. Uh, you guys probably don't know, but you are looking at Osborne Park High School's first and only Latin student of the year. Thank you, Latin. I was, I was super into it. Um, in the Latin high school scene, I was kind of the John Tesh, kind of the Michael Bolton of the crowd. I was like a little untouchable. 
in reality, um, it's exactly what it sounds like. I was Latin student of the year. There was nothing cool about it. The certificate they gave me pretty much said, hey, congrats on being a virgin all the time. <laughs> it was essentially what that certificate was. So I went to CNU to study foreign languages because that was what I was into. Uh, the first week of classes, they have an orientation where you go meet with all of the departments. So I went to the meeting of the foreign language majors, which the first red flag is that when I went to um, the admin office to ask where it was, they said, oh, behind Harris Teeter. Well, isn't this like a, like a university? Why do you guys have offices behind Harris Teeter? So I go over to Harris Teeter. Uh, I walk into the building, and I knock on a door, and a professor walks out, and she's like, hey, how can I help you? And I was like, oh, I'm here for the meeting of foreign language majors. Salve, domina. You know, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, this is cool. And she was like, oh, nobody came. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, nobody came to this meeting. You're the only person that came. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that's fine. That's, like, that's totally cool. I'm sure that's normal at college. And so I, I realized I had some time. And I was thinking about being a music minor because I loved music. I'd been playing guitar through high school. So I go... Uh, across campus to where the music majors are having their meeting. And in what had become at the time typical fashion, I interrupt Dr. Reimer while he's giving a speech to all the music majors who are majors. And I roll in with like, I was like kind of chubby at the time too. And I had a thrift store, thrift store shirt that said world's most huggable grandma. So I kind of walk in thinking I was going to be cool. And everyone turns and looks at me. I kind of like slink into the back. After that meeting, I went and talked to Dr. Reimer because I'm thinking, I'm a guitar player. I play Jimi Hendrix. I play Led Zeppelin, all right? So I got this. I'm a music minor. So I talked to him, and he was like, what are you doing here at CNU? I'm studying Latin. He's like, do you play an instrument? Well, yeah, I play guitar. He says, why don't you just become a music major? Okay. Just like that? He was like, yeah. What I didn't know at the time is that every other music major except me had auditioned and taken exams. I just kind of became a music major. Um, anyway, so Dr. Reimer is the reason I am the musician I am. He's the reason I became a music major. So this guy I looked up to. Like this, this guy, I watched him conduct a wind ensemble, you know, like wind and brass. I watched him conduct this my junior year of college, and like I was crying because he was the most passionate person I'd ever seen. Um, Granted, all this happening in the story I'm telling you right now happened before a lot of the classes I took with him, but this guy, like, this is the guy you want to impress. This is the person you want to be proud of you. Um, so let's jump back into the story. I slink back to where the guitar players are, and I think everything's fine, right? Everything's probably cool. And then one of the guitar players, one of the seniors, Adam, walks up, and he's like, dude, are you Okay are you good? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm really good. I'm here. And he's like, you look so high right now. Uh, uh, jury's out on that, Adam. Let me go to the bathroom real quick because I have to pee. So I go to the bathroom and do what I think a lot of high people have done in the past, which is immediately see how high you look. Because the, the number one thing, the number one rule of being high is don't let them know. As long as they don't know, then everything is fine. You can maintain um, so I go into the bathroom and immediately, immediately realize that my eyes look like two skinless grapes that are being smashed between two slices of Texas toast. And even though the whites of my eyes were the color of bong water, it was the most obvious thing in the entire world that I was the highest I'd ever been in my life, ever. 
So it's at this point that one of the other guys grabs me and says, hey, we have to get ready. We're on first. And it's at this point that the stagehand says, hey, not only are you guys on first, but we're going to lift you from this platform under the stage with fog machines. So the music we were playing was the music from the Nutcracker. So half the guys were playing electric guitar. I was over here playing lead guitar. It's cool. Um, so we're playing lead guitar. And, and what actually happened is that as we rose up in this amazing, like, there's smoke everywhere, just billowing smoke and beautiful lights, and we see this crowd of 1,200 people um, who's mostly children and mostly people in their 70s, which is a, still a great crowd. That's a great crowd. Uh, I mean, no offense to any age group. That is an awesome crowd. And it's kind of at that moment that I realized, like, whatever is about to happen is going to be great. And so we, we finally reached the top, and the, the director, John Boyles, amazing guy, super intimidating, counts us off, and uh, just, everything went well. Just immediately, we just, we went into, and it was great. We got a standing ovation. It was incredible. Um, what this moment was for me, not only was it my first performance as a classical musician, um, but it was kind of my own scared straight moment. It's like I signed myself up for that scared straight show where the people say, I'm going to rape you, and then my mom's going to rape you, and then, and then everyone's going to, you know, like... If you guys, have you guys seen Scared Straight? Has anyone... Okay, you guys kind of remember Scared Straight. It's, it's a show where people get... Young kids do terrible things, and they are then terrorized by current inmates to not do those things again. This was kind of that moment for me because I realized that in that split second when I walked in late and Dr. Reimer turned and saw me, like, I could have actually, if I'd been caught, I would have been expelled from college immediately. So it was a huge wake-up call for me to actually just become immediately better. And so it led to all kinds of things, hours and hours in the practice rooms. Um, Ultimately, I became homecoming king. It was like, that's a weird story. Another time, it's cool. Um, But everything that I became as a musician, I owe to Dr. Reimer and to that moment where I almost wasn't a classical musician. Thank you. If you'd like to tell a story like this one or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. I'm Deb Markham, producer of the show. Our live host is Brendan Kennedy. Amber Nettles, Evan Hartley, and Scott Rose serve as our production assistants. And Jenny Sell is our podcast consultant. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live. <laughs>